Hello, gracefully chosen community, and welcome to Fostered My Stories, the achievement-focused podcast for foster care, adoption, orphan, inclusive of underserved communities. I'm your host, Shalina Michelle Tate, and on today's cast episode, I would like you to get to know Mr. Daniel McCullum. How are you doing, Mr. Daniel? I'm doing well. That's good. Thank you so much for taking time to join me here on Foster My Stories. I am super excited for you to get to know Mr. McCullum and what he does. But before we get into the dynamics of what he does now, I would like for you to get to know a little bit about his upbringing. He was a preacher's kid and you had a loving mother and grew up in a house of three siblings. Can you tell the listeners more about your upbringing? Yeah, sure. I'm from Sumter, South Carolina. Most people know Shaw Air Force Base is there. And like you said, I'm the son of a preacher. My father was a deacon first, then a pastor and a war veteran. And my mother was a provider for the family and she worked and she was an entrepreneur. So I had three siblings, a sister and two brothers. My sister's going to be with the Lord. But uh, yeah, we had a pretty rural upbringing. Okay, that's good. Yes, Sumter, South Carolina, not too far from Columbia, South Carolina. Am I right? About an hour or so away? Yeah, yeah, roughly an hour. I mean, it depends on how you drive. You get there 45 minutes, but I wouldn't recommend it. I understand. Thank you. Basically, growing up, did you have any any experiences where you was kind of like thrown into like a leadership position or you may have been told as a child you're a leader or did that grow as you grew? Yeah, as I grew, but I played sports and I started on the basketball team. A business owner as a young kid, I actually had a hot dog stand that used to set up in front of the barbershop and actually uh, buy my own product and make my own money. So I was an entrepreneur from the start and pretty much everything my life there that I was a part of, I was chosen and called out to be a leader. How old were you when you did your hot dog stand? I was 12 years old. Guess what encouraged me was my parents. Father had a landscaping business on the side. My mother had a florist business. And so you can say I came up through a family of uh, entrepreneurs. That's dynamic at age 12. And, you know, at age 12, we're still trying to get out of the doll stage and the Lego blocks. And so that's amazing. They basically saw that positive environment in your upbringing plays to what you were saying, both your parents in leadership. Can you tell listeners about how you saw your parents do a lot of outreach ministry and really giving to those who were in need how did that affect you as a child along with being an entrepreneur well um, as a child my father and my mother they were always giving to those around us had family members that lived with us from time to time struggling even to this day my mother carries people to work and she takes people to job interviews and so i was raised around a loving family that just you know helped everyone around them we didn't call it an outreach ministry then we just were just helping people Yes. As I look back, I guess it was the start of me having a fondness for people who were less fortunate. Yeah, it sounded like your parents definitely, am I saying this right, kind of took care of the community or really helped pour back into the community? Yes. Okay, and that's awesome because you saw that and then you were able to really appreciate that, especially at a young age. Basically, you're growing up, you're playing sports, and you're getting through school. Did you leave for college and then have your moment of being a prodigal son, or was that like before leaving the house? After I graduated high school, I went off to Francis Marion University where I attended four years, received my bachelor's degree in biology, minor in chemistry. I went off to be a chemist for about five years, and then God drew me to Charlotte, North Carolina, where 
I fell into drugs. I started to dabble with alcohol. I started drinking in college and smoking cigarettes, and it just spiraled out of control. So I found myself in a state, you know, I just couldn't hold a job because yeah. of my alcoholism and ended up getting a DUI and got in a little bit of trouble and hanging out with the wrong crowd, drug yes. dealers, or people in the streets. And I found myself at rock bottom. Yes. So at that state, God started to deal with me about the fact that he loved me and that he wanted me to come back and that he had a better life. Thank you for your transparency, really about your life, because, you know, there's people out here who are struggling in different areas and especially in that area with alcoholism or may have had that in their family just to hear a real testimony of how you went to college but like many of us we fall into temptation Um, I imagine for you you know your first time being from home and really the guidance of parents or whatnot and just authority and you know it can and has happened to any of us so I thank you for your transparency but I also am glad to hear when did you start hearing the voice of God when you was basically at your lowest what was it for you I'm not a hundred percent sure but I just know that like I said I struggled with alcoholism for over 17 years of smoking in addition but before I went out into the world I joined a ministry in Goose Creek South Carolina that had a great impact on my life and that's where I really started to connect and met God for so that experience changed me. So even during their prodigal son days, I never forgot the God that I knew. And I knew the entire time that I had fell off and that I was in a backslidden state. So in the midst of me being rock bottom, like I said, actually having to rent a room with guys I didn't know. I'm sleeping on an air mattress on the floor. And God just started speaking to me. I remember one day in particular, I went out to a pond in the middle of the night. I don't know why I went out there, but I was drunken state and I started to hear the voice of God and he started mm-hmm. to tell me that he had better for me and he said that he was going to send a sign to let me know that it was yes. him and so at this point I don't know whether I'm drunk or I'm hearing things or what's going on but I head back to the building and before I get to the building a young man opens the window on the second floor and looks at me and he says did you feel that earthquake the entire building was shaking wow was in a pan frantic state and i knew from that day that yeah. that was god because i didn't feel anything and yes. only one person felt it and i knew that god was saying look this is me and i'm real and i need you to change your life and come yeah. home and that's when the transformation started oh man that's a powerful, powerful testimony. So listeners, for those of you who don't know what Mr. Daniel is referring to as when he says backslidden, really uh, is a term in ministry where growing up we may have learned that really Jesus can save us from our sins. He is Father, and this is goes into a little bit of spiritual, but it's a revelation we all come to that we are saved by a grace that died for us on the cross. And in Mr. Daniel's case, his parents were in ministry, so he was exposed to that as a youth. But backslidden is a term really referred to when we know of God and we know the truth, but we fall back into the cares of the world. That's the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and it can happen to anyone. So I just wanted to give that side note, but he had an encounter. And that's what I want to point out as well, that God can, who's so real. And of course, this is a revelation to come to that he can meet you in whatever state you're in, meaning 
You don't have to have everything lined up and perfect. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to really have anything. You could be at your lowest. And like Mr. Daniel was saying, God met him right where he was. So I just want to kind of like highlight that for you. Those of you kind of wonder like, what are they talking about? Thank you so much, Mr. Daniel, for sharing that. Here at Foster My Stories, and I've said this a few times, the efforts is not to preach at you or beat the truth and knowledge of God over your heads. It's always going to be an invitation, but I do highly respect and I'm so thankful when my guests just freely talk about their faith here and we welcome it because we want you, the listeners, to know that we're free in what we believe and hopefully maybe the testimony can help influence you in a positive way all right so yes so you've basically had an encounter you said it was an earthquake and which is a supernatural move of God to meet you right where you are so from that day of hearing God clearly would you say that's where your journey began you started to kind of like seek him out what was it for you did you desire to change or that was a gradual for you yeah I'd love to tell you that after that uh, supernatural event everything just changed but it didn't yeah um, I continued to operate somewhat in the same way that I had been but I was attending church so yeah. I guess I was Australian defense yes. which that term means I had one foot in the world and one foot in the streets yeah and so God still started to deal with me slowly but surely and I remember things got so bad that I lost weight God stripped pretty much all of my money all of my my career yeah. everything and I remember my wife at the time she looked at me and for years she had asked me that I want to move back to South Carolina and I denied that year in year out but it was something about that morning when she asked that I want to move back home I said yeah okay. and that's when the journey began and when I came back to South Carolina like Abraham I met the God of my father and he started to deal with and started to show me that there was a different way and he started to give me the strength to be delivered from alcoholism and smoking and what I want to say about that is if there's someone out there who's in a situation where you don't know how you're going to get out sometimes you need to get up from under that situation and move away from those people and that environment because sometimes you're not going to have the strength to overcome if you're still in the environment you have to separate yourself and that was God's way of separating me from those people that I just couldn't get away from. Every time it seemed like I would break free, I would end up going right back to the same environment. So that was the best thing that ever happened to me moving back to South Carolina. When I first got here, it was slow. That slowness allowed me to be able to have an encounter with God and started to develop a relationship with Him. Yes. As I'm listening to really your testimony, it's amazing to me how you basically had to experience, you walked through the very thing that you basically saw growing up. You saw your parents do a lot of outreach, but then you had to have that experience of becoming the one needing an outreach, but an outreach from God. And then that was the beginning stages really to allow you to be developed and to grow and to prepare you for your stirring i see of really wanting to give back to the downtrodden am i saying that right you started to have a stirring maybe empathy for the downtrodden the poor and the forgotten did that become heightened for you when you moved back to south carolina yeah well one thing god did was even though i was in a a pretty rock bottom state i still had a pretty good apartment and some pretty good things in charlotte but when god moved me back he actually moved me 
back in the middle of the hood in Hartsville, South Carolina. Yes. So that experience even gave me more of a, a empathy for those who were around me. See, I grew up in a suburban, middle-class neighborhood, so I had to actually experience poverty in order to have empathy for those who were around me. And believe it or not, some of the nicest people yes. that I've met were when I was out in the streets. Yeah, they may not have had their lives together, yeah. but if you were a part of their community, they took you in and they cared for you just as if you was one of theirs. Yes. So I feel indebted somewhat to that community because they took care of a prodigal son who yes. wasn't raised in that environment, but who survived in that environment. Yes, and just hearing you is a further confirmation of the prodigal son. And what Mr. Daniel is referring to, for those of you who don't know, we say prodigal son is the term really from biblical uh, reading where, well, I'll let you tell it. Could you tell the listeners really like a Cliff Notes version of what the prodigal son means? And the prodigal son can be a female as well. So the prodigal son, prodigal daughter, could you explain to the listeners exactly what that means? Okay, well, when I use the term prodigal son, you can say prodigal child is referred to in the Bible where a young man went to his father and he told his father that he wanted his inheritance and so his father divided his inheritance among him and his brother so he left his father's house and he word says he became a notorious sinner so he started to hang around the wrong crowd and because of it he found himself in a rock bottom state to where he was at the point he was about to eat with swine yes and so he started to remember his father's house and remember that his father's servants lived better than him and he returned home and when he returned home his father put a ring on his finger and fed him a feast and he started to live a righteous life so when i say i became a prodigal son i knew my father's house i mean my heavenly father and i knew how he treated me and i knew what he had and he desired for me because i knew the word so when I returned home, God took me back in. He cleaned me up, or somewhat put a ring on my finger, and caused me to prosper from that day. Forward. And which is the epitome of his testimony and anybody's testimony, like you said earlier, that it doesn't matter what state you're in. Really, you can have a new start. And when he was referring to like to get from around your surroundings, that is so true. You could be in friendships. That's not good for you and healthy for you. Be in relationships. That's not good or healthy for you. Habits. Once again, that's not good or healthy for you. And of course, we don't have the strength on our own. So that's the testimony. When you were in Hartsville, really, like you said, in the midst of the hood, and I love how you was transparent about you've met some of the nicest people there. I can attest to that. It's so true. Despite the environment, because a lot of people assume, oh my gosh, you live there or those people. No. What people don't understand is it doesn't matter where you live and where you come from. And I can attest to that, too. I've met some of the nicest people. They could have been homeless, didn't have a dime to their name, but they treat you like family. They treat you like you belong. Because at the end of the day, like the prodigal son testimony is it's not about what you have. It's not about positions. It's not about titles. It's not about any of those things. The revelation is of discovery is hearing the right voice guide and letting him work in a change in you and then really having the desire 
to come back home. And so Mr. Daniel came back home. His name is biblical as well, but that's another podcast episode. When you was in Hartsville, was that the stirring of Table of Joseph or did that come later? You had some mentors or some relationships that formed. Could you tell listeners about how you met Lisa and Deacon Charles Ivory? When I was in Hartsville, I ended up landing a job in Dillon, South Carolina. So we ended up moving to Florence, South Carolina. As we moved to Florence, South Carolina, shortly after God started speaking to me and he called me into the ministry. And that's when I started to minister to people. But I started off as an usher in the church, despised not small beginning. I was promoted, so to speak, to work with the youth. And then after I worked with the youth and seemed like things were starting to get good, the pandemic hit. Right before the pandemic hit, Deacon Charles and Miss Lisa Ivory, who were over the youth, they asked that we want to go out on a fun event or did we want to go out and help feed some people. And so, of course, I said I wanted to go out and help feed those in need. Went to a homeless ministry that's in Lawrence, and we started to hand out sandwiches to the people. And my family fell in love with just the idea of helping people, and they also took all the youth to this other thing where we actually packed up care packages for the homeless. So those two events impacted me, and it was my first opportunity to really go out and help people. But something started to stir up inside, and uh, I just couldn't shake. So God started dealing with me about starting my own outreach ministry or charity. That's where the wheels started to turn. And as soon as it started to get off the ground and I started negotiating with the church about it, the pandemic came and it was put on the back burner for an entire year till one day God intervened and he said, it's time to launch. And so out of my pocket, $50, I launched Joseph's Table and the rest is history. I'm listening and it's amazing that God brought you back full circle to your past outreach. You grew up, you said how your mom, your dad, that was what they did in the community. That's what you saw. That's what you loved being a part of and helping in and how now it's come full circle, prodigal son. And now you're basically being used in the very area and that fire ignited in you. A lot of times our purposes are tied to our past, our upbringing, stuff we've seen, stuff we've gone through. But Of course, that's a discovery for each and every one of us individually. Could you tell listeners the dynamics of what God has done through your service? Could you tell listeners the journey with that? Joseph's table started off making care packages for the homeless. So we would put toothbrushes, toothpaste, uh, personal hygiene items in care packages and then hand them out to the homeless. And that lasted a couple of months. And then they started to take off. We started to give to local charities and organizations, clothes and soap and personal Mm -hmm. hygiene items. And as things started to pick up, the church got involved and they wanted to be a part of it. So they incorporated us in one of the main outreach programs at the church where we received donations, financial donations, and we were able to contribute heavily to local charities. And we just recently had our back-to-school event two weeks ago where we gave out over 100 book bags, school supplies. Um, We gave out sneaker gift cards. It was overwhelming what God did. We attended the National Day of Prayer where we fed community in Timothville and souls were saved. And actually today we're actually launching our outreach street ministry in Uh uh, Florence, South Carolina. I'm really excited about it. Um, It's going to be something that we're going to do a breakfast on the second Saturday 
of every month. Okay. Um, but today we're doing lunch just to form the community that Joseph Table is there and that we want to impact Florence, South Carolina for the kingdom. That is amazing. That is, you know, so much needed and it seems to me that you've been molded really to be the voice of that because this was about to say something like a real thing that happens unfortunately but when Mr. Daniel first started he was very transparent about how he experienced the root of rejection he wasn't accepted at first by the church and of course it seems like the church should be really the one to be on board especially when it's dealing with ministry and encouragement so that's a lesson to all of us to just consider our connections we have to be mindful of who we're connected to because unfortunately not everyone is for us and so we discover these things as we discover our God-given purposes and how we can make impacts could you tell listeners more about your vision you're wanting to be able to provide shelter credit really resources to the community could you explain more of that to the listeners yeah sure um vision that god has given me is for a full service outreach ministry that caters to the need of the community providing everything from shelter credit uh, assistance financial help food clothing and spiritual and mental development and that's just what god has put in my mind at this time and of course god will always do more than we can ask but i just see that the community the world needs guidance i mean there's nothing wrong i'm a minister myself ministering to people but if someone comes to you and they ask for financial assistance and you give them a prayer sometimes that's not what they ask there's nothing wrong with praying but if a man needs his life bill paid he needs his life bill paid sometimes we're so quick to pray for that person but god has dealt with me more to actually feel the need of that person i'm reminded of a woman that really impacted me there was one morning i was sitting in my truck on my way to service and they had at burger king like two forward hours which i hate when they do that because they almost force you to get two sandwiches but this day i got both sandwiches and god said hold that second sandwich i'm sending somebody to it and so i'm in the parking lot of the church and i'm waiting and unfortunately i wasn't obedient to god and i need both sandwiches okay (laughs) but the funny part about it was as i got into the church i was talking to my pastor some other members walked in and there was a third person that walked in that was not a part of the congregation she walked up and she said i've been sleeping in my car for several days and i'm just looking for a place to lay my head so my pastor spoke to her and said i wouldn't feel comfortable if you didn't stay in the service at least and heard the word i mean which i'm in agreement with you know you want to feed the people spiritually so he turned to me and he said how do you feel in your spirit about god started to deal with me and he said you should be willing to help a man even if he is not part of your service because my arm reaches outside of this building and so i looked at my pastor and i said this is the woman that god said that he was going to send put her up for the night and if we never see her again then we've done what god asked her to do and that started to change the way i thought about the church and i started to realize that god desires for us to help people outside of the doors even if we never get anything Mr. Daniel, any advice if they're wanting to maybe go into your studies, you went into chemistry, or if they wanted to discover their God-given purpose for you, it was outreach. Do you have any advice for listeners, really anyone? Everything that God taught me was, I guess, through the school of hard knocks. I didn't know anything about charities. I actually established Children's Table as an official charity. I got TIN number. I have official South Carolina charity. There's a lot of uh, letters that I had to write. I had to write um, articles of association. 
just came from my experience in college. So yeah. a lot of people tend to think that because I have a four-year education, that mm-hmm. it, it prepared me. Uh, I'm like a fish out of water when yes. God put his vision in me. I didn't have a clue. It all started with just writing, diagram, and drawing things. And the good thing about that is if there's someone out there who's trying to a vision, you just need to make it plain, put it on paper, start putting things together. Yes. And not Yes. Um, I ran into opposition in several ways, financial, yes. not fully being supportive when I first launched, but God was able to guide me and show me which direction to go. Yes. So if there's someone out there who desires to do outreach or, or chemistry or biology or whatever you desire, I just say, put your best foot forward. Yes. Always follow God. Yes. Uh, put him first in your life. And don't be afraid to I know when I first started that the church desired to put me in a category yes. as pretty much a campus pastor. And they were molding me to be a campus pastor. But when God called me, he let me know that my ministry would be outside of Pope So if you're yes. someone out there and you're desiring to do something, just know that it doesn't hurt to go against the grain. Because yes. usually your passion is something that you would do even if you wasn't get paid for yes. purpose. See, the only thing that I probably would have done for free would be minister. Yes. And so I followed that path, and it led me to a stirring, and it led me to this ministry. It took 40 some odd years for me to find out what God desired me to do. But I spent just as much time doing this as I do with my job, and it just feels effort. And that's it. That's how you discover your God-given purpose and calling like Mr. Daniel said is when it gets to the point of you you don't care about pay or anything to be able to fulfill that assignment that purpose um, really that help for those in need Mr. Daniel I'm so thankful that you've taken time out of your schedule I'm so excited for really the progression of what you're doing especially your event today for anybody wanting to really contribute to Mr. Um, Daniel's cause network or potentially partner how can people reach you what's the best way for them to reach you well, there's several ways we can be reached Tom if you just want to reach us by email you can be reached at table of joseph without the s at gmail.com or we can be reached on our webpage at joseph without the s table ministries Dot com, or you can reach us on Facebook by uh, searching Joseph Table Charities. Yes, like you said, Table of Joseph at gmail.com, Joseph Table Ministries.com, also on the web. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. And if your upbringing, community service, or job connects you to the foster adoption orphan or underserved community i would love to chat at foster my stories central facebook page and also if you want to get further involved with mr daniel and his service he is looking for volunteers you can reach him back at those links table of joseph that's j-o-s-e-p-h at gmail.com or josephtableministries.com he would love to connect and if you are enjoying the foster my stories podcast tune in next wednesday at the new time 5 p.m eastern standard time via red circle podcast spotify amazon audible 
Radio Public, and Google Podcasts to check out the featured guest or content. And remember, as always, being fostered, adopted, orphaned, or underserved simply means you're gracefully chosen. Thank you so much, Mr. Daniel McCullen, for being my guest here on Foster My Stories. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And everyone else, take care.